So welcome everyone to Storytelling Podcast Week and our third session of the day, Life on the Road, Stories of Travel, with Jason Epperson of Sea America, Danielle Desir of The Thought Card, and Kelly Chappie of There She Goes. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Storytelling Podcast Week is a week of live stream sessions like this one, with narrative nonfiction podcasters, audio drama, and fiction podcasters from across our world and our imaginations. If you have a chance, check out the recorded episode showcase featuring some exclusive and favorite episodes on the Storytelling Podcast Week channel from many of the podcasters participating. You can also replay any of the live streams from the week on the Storytelling Podcast Week podcast channel. So make sure to download the Podbean app and follow the channel to receive notifications in real time about all of the live streams and specially released episodes of the week. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 500,000 podcasts. And as you're joining us for this session, you can see we also offer the ability to live stream directly from the app to your audience with Podbean Live, where podcasts come to life. For everyone listening, you can also start your own live stream for free on Podbean. And to get your first 30 days of hosting for free, use the code STORY. And now we'll hand it off to our host of this live stream. Moderating this panel is our Director of Communications, Shannon Martin. Thank you. I'm so excited for this panel. I will try not to be too much of a fangirl because I'm a travel junkie and I am really in travel podcasts are, you know, filling, fill up my feed. So I'm really excited for this topic. Uh, so let's just dig in and if we could uh, go around and introduce, if you could introduce yourself and tell the audience about each of your shows. I know you cover different aspects of travel, so maybe share a little bit about kind of what your unique take on it is and um, feel free, whoever wants to jump in first. Uh, I'll go ahead. Um, I'm Jason Epperson. I, uh, See America is actually my third travel podcast. I also host uh, with my wife, the RV Miles podcast, uh, as we travel around the country in an RV. And uh, I host the America's National Parks podcast, sharing stories from the national parks. And then See America, our third podcast, tells the stories of great American destinations all across the country. So we've been at it for uh, about three years now. And uh, uh, we live full-time on the road with our, our three boys. We travel... Uh, all over the country in in a uh, in a fifth wheel we're switching to right now. We're we're actually without a home right now and living in hotels, traveling through uh, uh, the great state of Illinois. And I'm uh, currently in Chicago. I can go next. Uh, hey everybody, my name is Danielle Desir. I am the host of the Thought Card Podcast, which is an affordable travel and personal finance podcast. And I have been podcasting for almost three years now. And I just love talking about money and travel. Right now, I'm really excited about location independence and remote work. I recently quit my job. So I'm a full-time content creator. So super excited to be here. And my name is Kelly Chappie. Uh, we have the podcast, There She Goes. I co-host it uh, with Lavinia Spaulding. It's, it's based on uh, travel stories told by the women who wrote them. So this is our first and only podcast. We actually had the idea late October uh, and, and texted Lavinia about it. Um, we've only met once. Uh, once previous to that, she's a, a travel editor, a women's travel editor. So we like to say that There She Goes came to life during a pandemic created by two women travelers when they couldn't travel, when the power of an, power and importance of women's travel narratives became even more profound, uh, nothing short of essential. But there are no interviews on our podcast, so it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a strange duck we have going on there. Uh, just great storytelling by women travelers in their own words and experiences told in their own voices. Thank you. Yeah. And those who have maybe been on the stream consistently for a few sessions today will have probably heard Lavinia's uh, story in the short story salon earlier. So they'll have gotten a taste of some of that storytelling directly. Um, so to get started, um, there's obviously a huge array of ways and types of travel from budget 
to tours, to backpacking, caravans. Um, you guys have mentioned a few things already, location independence and um, and traveling on the road uh, with, with family. Um, so I, I'm curious how each of you um, travel most often and prefer to travel uh, and, and kind of if you could share a little bit about Uh, sure. I guess I can start again. Um, we, uh, I was working two full-time jobs in Chicago. Um, so we're kind of back in our hometown for the first time in a while right now. Uh, but I was working two full-time jobs, working over $80 a week. I mean, 80 hours a week, making, uh, making really good money, but not seeing my family very often. And, uh, I, uh, I was under a contract at a university uh, as a lecturer and it was a five-year max contract. You could not get rehired uh, without going tenure and I didn't have the education to um, apply for tenure. So that contract ended and you know, as we were figuring out what to do, uh, we just started coming across this idea that that people were location independent and do live uh, on the road. And, um, and we were actually really started uh, to be inspired by people who converted their own vehicles into, uh, into RVs and trailers. And um, we very quickly made the decision. Um, our landlord helped by raising our rent by about $400 a month. In addition to what we were paying, uh, we made the decision to buy a school bus and convert it into a motorhome. So we drove to Ohio and bought a, an, a used school bus for $3,000. And I spent a summer turning it into a motorhome. And that was what we lived in for our first three years on the road. And um, uh, just love traveling uh, via the road. We, we had been campers before we had been um uh, airline travelers but quite extensively before, but uh, seeing the, the country uh, and the world from the road really brings you through uh, communities that are often missed by uh, other forms of travel. You know, you don't fly into a lot of towns um, that you can drive through, places that aren't known for their tourism. And it's been a really... Uh, interesting way to see the country and, and realize how we're all different, how we're all the same. I can go next. Um, so, oh, Shannon, did you want to pop in? No? Okay. Okay, great, great. Um, so I just quit corporate, like I just mentioned, um, and when I started the Thought Card podcast, I had already had an existing blog. Um, and I was just really curious to hear other people's stories of how they were affording to travel since I love money and travel. Um, so how were they affording to travel? And also what kinds of lifestyles were they living? And while I was interviewing these folks, there was like a little birdie deep inside that said, you know, like this can be you one day. Um, but I sort of didn't believe it up until the pandemic when I had the time and space to really think through how I wanted to really live my life. So through the stories of having my guests on my show, I was just so inspired. And then I could spot the things that I enjoyed from their stories and things that I didn't think that would necessarily serve me so much to help me now come up with this new lifestyle that I'm living. Um, in terms of my travel style prior, um, it would be really taking time off to travel on the weekends and on holidays. I had a pretty demanding job, so it was kind of hard to jet off at a whim like that. Um, and I would primarily DIY. So I love finding cheap flights. I love travel hacking. So those were some of the ways that I would be able to, to go out and hit the road. Um, and when I look back, uh, it, it, it seems like my life in travel has come in waves. So as a young child, uh, we flew a lot, uh, actually by ourselves. My brother and I flew a lot up and down Northern California uh, to see grandparents 
So like when I was five, we were flying by ourselves. My brother was three back when you could smoke on airplanes. Um, and they let you give out cookies and things like that. And then, um, you know, and then I was a, a kid in college and uh, anything that was cheap, I was, you know, game for, for traveling in any way that that was possible. Um, I married uh, a traveling musician. So when we had little kids, you know, that meant occasionally going on, uh, on, on tours, but also just road tripping because that was cheaper and easier and um, schlepping around two kids, you know, has its own, has its own gifts. Um, now that my kids are, are mostly grown, it seems like solo travel is uh, on my horizon more and, uh, and enjoying that both, you know, going and, and um, you know, sort of going from one place to another as a, as a base and extend, extended trips. I actually just landed in California from a solo road trip from uh, my house in northern Alabama. And, uh, yeah, so solo traveling at the moment. Um, is proving to be lots of fun. It's great. We have lots of variety here. And Kelly, I'm curious how, uh, uh, since you're sharing your travel style, I'm also curious about your podcast style because you mentioned it is a bit different than a lot of a lot of shows that are out there in that you're having people read their story that they've written. Um, how, how did you and your co-host decide on that format? <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit of a funny story. So it really was mid-pandemic. Uh, it was end of October of last year. I heard Lavinia read a bit from an upcoming um, book release that they were preparing for. And, and it was a bolt of lightning. I heard her read and I had, like I said, I'd only met her once before. Um, our husbands are, are mutual music friends. And I texted her and said, we've got to do this. I know this name of the podcast. We have to do it. We have to do it now. And, uh, and that started. And then in January, we sent out our first, January 1st, actually on New Year's Day, we sent out our first batch of invitations to female authors, um, some, that, uh, some that were from previous books that she'd already published. Um, all had been edited, so that made our job easier. They were already clear stories with, you know, an arc. And, um, and we approached them and asked them if they wanted to participate, and everybody jumped and said yes. So our first episode was was in April of this year. We're still newbies figuring it out. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, so let's uh, jump into uh, travel. We know, we all know, kind of, it's a great way to explore different places and to explore culture and different, get to know different people. But it's also a way that we tend to really learn a lot about ourselves. And I wanted to know if you all could share some of the things that you've learned about yourself through your travel. Uh, I suppose I could start again later. Um, it, it's interesting because um, the, the kind of life that we have where we actually live on the road, um, we're not vacationing all the time, right? We're constantly um, going new places and it's amazing, but we are, we're having the same, same ups and downs that everybody else has, but in lots of different places that we've never been before. And case in point, um, uh, about, uh, about a year and a half ago, um, we were traveling through North Dakota and, um, uh, I'm sorry. It was more than a year ago. It was two, two and a half years ago. We're traveling through North Dakota and I start uh, having my vision disappear. Like it was, it was blacking out completely. Um, which is a frightening thing when you're like, you know, the main driver in the family and you're in, you're in the middle of nowhere, North Dakota. And uh, I went to the hospital that night and it turned out I had a, an infection on my brain and had a, brain surgery in the middle of North Dakota, um, out of nowhere. And it was getting late in the, in the year. And we had to be stuck in North Dakota for many weeks while I was on a really heavy regimen of antibiotics. And, um, this was not a tourist community. It, it, it was a place where, uh, you know, people live and work, um, in real life. And, 
and we sort of built a community uh, of friends and support very quickly um, while we were there and still have made lifelong friends with some of the people that worked at the hospital and um, just would come in and watch the kids and all sorts of stuff. And I, I, I think, you know, the big lesson out of that for me, because I, I was a passenger in that experience, the hard work was on my wife and, and my kids um, and all the doctors and nurses. But the big lesson for me was that um, you can find community anywhere. Our, our kids live in campgrounds and they are able to, to make friends very, very quickly because they are because they're doing it every single weekend. Um, and um, it, it's not really a, a, a it, it's not really a skill to learn. It's just something that happens. And I think a lot of us get stuck in our small communities, which are great and fine, but um, we get scared of moving on and moving elsewhere and joining new communities because we we like what we're used to. But um, but it but it actually happens very, very quickly. And I, I think that was uh, a huge life lesson for me. I'm happy to sure. go. Yeah, that's a beautiful that's a it's a great reminder about just the the importance and value of community, no matter where you are. Um, so for me, I think I've learned that I, my travel self, um, we did a, a bonus episode. One of our stories was by an author, Faith Adile, uh, her story passing through bandit territory and about a trip in South Korea and how you trust strangers and, um, that she met on a train. And in our follow-up conversation with her, we were, we were talking about how she calls it her travel self and how her travel self, and I would say this is the same for me, is is a much more relaxed self. Um, even boy, even just planning for me, you know, all the way up until the departure, whatever the departure is, plane, train, boat, doesn't matter, um, is is way more uptight and and organized and thorough and all those things. And I've I'm learning as I as I get older as well that. Um, once I'm once I'm off, once I've shut the door and stepped foot on the plane, or wherever, that um, I'm I'm much more brave and less anxious, and um, forgiving of myself and of others, and and that's a wonderful a wonderful place to be and a realization to have. And I would say for me, surprisingly, I think that travel has made me more creative because it's through my travels that I want randomly one day decided to start a blog and start writing. And I think this is important for me because I never saw myself as a writer. I am a Virgo. I'm very analytical, logical, straight to the point kind of person. So through my travels and writing about my travels and now podcasting about my travels and sharing stories, my stories and other people's stories, I've truly become this like a different person um, who's flexing muscles that she never thought she could before. Wow, I love that. <laughs> That's wonderful. Um, so yeah, to add on to more, more interesting things, I wonder if you could each share your most memorable experience, trip or destination, whether that's memorable in, fav in favorite terms or memorable as in something very interesting. Sometimes those crazy stories make the biggest memory. I'm happy to start. Oh, do you wanna go, Daniela? <laughs> yeah, sure, I can go. Okay. Um, this is exciting for me because every time I think about my most exciting adventure, it's always back to Iceland. Um, I've been to Iceland three times. I love traveling to Iceland. But the one instance that keeps rewinding in my mind is when I walked to a glacier tongue for the first time. And so pretty much it's like the, the glacier sprawling out and then there's rivers and things that come from it. And I was touching a piece of the glacier and I started to cry because I realized like, wow, I never would have thought I would be in a place where there'd be glaciers. I'm, I grew up in the Bronx, in the city. 
Um, and for me, it was just so like exciting to be there. And that's one of the moments for me that has been truly, truly remarkable. And it that again, plays over and over in my mind. And that's why I want to continue to see more of the world. So uh, that's my story. I'd like to go to Iceland. That sounds great. Uh, so for me, our, I started a process of obtaining dual citizenship uh, with Italy through my ancestors, I guess it was about five years ago. And um, three years ago, we were able to extend a trip, a working trip to Europe and, and sneak down to Sicily, which is where some of my ancestral family is from. And um, we had arranged in advance of our arrival to go to the Comune, which is like the town registrar, and um, and get some more documents because during the, the dual citizenship process, I had turned all those in and, um, and needed, needed some originals back. So anyways, we went to the, um, to the, the town registrar and through a lot of smiles and, and some good luck, we were invited to go into the basement, um, which actually holds all of the, the ledgers that are these handwritten books. And, um, and, and this, older Sicilian gentleman who was smoking a cigar brought us the book with my great-grandfather's um, birth announcement in it from 1879 written in the town book and um, and again nobody you know we weren't speaking the same languages um, but we were sure smiling a lot and a little a few tears and um, and it was just remarkable to be able to go back and and then learn the the town you know the, the street that he grew up on and and be able to walk to that after uh, after our meeting and and um, it was uh, you know somehow sort of connects the future and the, the past all together when you have those those ancestral moments and it was uh, it was spectacular I think um... I think I, I've already shared my most memorable story, but um, for me, it, it's, I, I always like to, when people say, what's my favorite place, I always like to say the next place, because for me, it really is about um, just collecting memories of all these really great places around the world. And, it, and it's not so much about the different destinations that I end up in. It's about, um, it's it's almost a high of like being in a place that you've never been before um, and seeing a new type of scenery that you've never seen before. The first time I went down into Carlsbad Caverns, it was, uh, you know, it's something lots of tourists do, but it was just this mind-blowing place that I didn't know existed on Earth. It's, you know, rooms the size of cathedrals, one after another after another. And it's, it's, it's being able to have that sort of that emotional high of this something new, something wild, these vast vistas, these amazing places, this incredible history and doing it while standing next to my wife and my kids and have my kids being able to learn hands on um, about history and about nature and, and, and all that sort of stuff in that kind of way. So it's kind of a cheating answer, but that's it. It's not cheating. It's a great answer. <laughs> I really like the way you put that. Um, so yeah, lots of inspiration here. And uh, speaking of that, uh, the we've obviously all of our lives have changed uh, with this pandemic in the last year and a half or so, and wondering what uh, number one kind of how that affected obviously some of you started a podcast <laughs> and some things probably changed with travel how that affected you and then also kind of what you're excited about um moving forward with travel what you what you've missed um doing during this I can start. I had a, um, so just before the, a uh, year before the pandemic, uh, my husband and I decided to move across the country for no good reason. Um, other than our kids were leaving the house and uh, we were both able to, to relocate. So we moved from the Bay Area to Northern Alabama to Muscle Shoals, which is a great music town on the Tennessee River. Um, 
And, you know, the idea was that it would be a sort of a, a nice place to call home, a quiet, a quiet place in between a lot of travel uh, for touring for music. And uh, we did that and it was great for a year. And we traveled a whole lot, probably every couple weeks um, to different places, uh, sometimes long tours. And then the pandemic hit and there was no touring. And then we were you know, in the middle of a very small, we have maybe 7,700 people in our town and uh, no friend, a few friends, no family. And um, if that hadn't have happened, certainly there would be no There She Goes podcast because um, I, there would be no longing to, uh, to leave home to see something besides my four walls. Um, you know, so certainly grateful for the creative um, things that came out of uh, that time that were unexpected. <clears throat> and then moving forward, um, like I said, we I managed to get my dual citizenship and my passport during the time. And then my kids did also. So for us, we've got some trips planned um, to Italy in October. And so crossing our fingers that that, that feels safe and wise to travel uh, at that point. So yeah, it was a big pandemic time was a big, a big year. And there were certainly some positive things that came out of it. I can go next. Uh, so I really, really took this time to reflect and to think about what I wanted, how I wanted to design my life. So I made a plan and I was able to accomplish a lot in terms of for the podcast and how I wanted it to grow. Um, because I'm dual, meaning that I have travel components and I have personal finance components, I leaned more towards the personal finance side and really encouraging my audience to prepare for when things open up again. Um, so that was how I pivoted my, my show. Uh, but I'm really, really excited that things are opening up again. Um, and what has been exciting for me is my exploration of smaller rural towns across America. So I live on the East Coast and I pretty much spend weekends up in Vermont and exploring Maine. And this type of travel wasn't something that I was ever interested in before, but now we're looking for, you know, more smaller places, more places with less people. So that really opened up my eyes that, okay, I can travel to places outside of just the huge major cities. Um, so that's one of the things I'm excited to continue doing is, again, to explore more rural, more, more of the countryside in the future. Uh, so for me, uh, for I, I think for a lot of people living location independently, living nomadically, um, and, uh, whether in campgrounds like us or in hotels or, or Airbnbs or what, what have you, those beginning days of the pandemic were, were really stressful because lots of states and communities were shutting down what they considered recreational lodging. Um, so it, we sort of were hunkering down at a campground that we knew that we could stay at long term for a while. Um, before we felt comfortable hitting the road again. And we've, there's also this stigma of, you know, people not wanting you, you to travel and seeing your license plates and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but then also going to communities that, you know, maybe we didn't feel respected the pandemic in the same way we did. Um, so there's all kinds of weird stuff to navigate. And then, you know, you cross a state border and then there, there's a mask mandate and then there's no mask mandate. And it's, it's wildly different, all sorts of stuff. Um, once that all got sorted out, we had the best travel year of our lives. Um, it, it, was, it was wonderful um, because we focused on, I know, American travel got really busy last year, but we focused on going to places that weren't as popular, um, but were still wild and amazing. And, and it, was, it was great, but we had, we had one foot in the performing arts industry. We our our income was uh, based around niche news websites. Uh, so we we were we had built this performing arts news website in Chicago, and we were that was one of the reasons we hit the road. We were bringing it to other cities across the country, and at the same time, we had have an RV uh, 
and camping news industry uh, website. And, uh, and when the pandemic hit, the performing arts just, you know, closed instantly. Um, and we thought that was what was happening to the RV industry as well, but, but the RV industry boomed drastically. And, um, and it actually was a, a blessing for us because it, even though we lost something that we had put so much into, um, we were really able to, to make an income on one thing and focus on one thing and really focus on our podcasts and our other content creation, our YouTube channel and, and, and all that sort of stuff. And, and uh, travel, particularly American travel uh, right now is very hot. Who knows how long that will, will go on, but it, it's, it's been a wild time to be able to help people who uh, aren't used to doing this. A lot of people are camping now that never camped before. Um, like twice as many people camped last year that, that do in a normal year. So it's been a really rewarding experience to help people learn how to do something like that, um, a new thing, and to get outdoors and, and to experience America. It's great to hear that there's such a variety of experiences with, you know, there's not just a, a straight uh you know, narrative, oh, all travel ended and all these sort of bad things. And, you know, it's quite varied in your experiences. Uh, so I'm really curious to hear from you all what places you've been that really changed your view of the world. Wow. Uh, besides Northern Alabama, um, uh, that's an interesting question. And I guess it's, you know, for so many different, like it, it changes, uh, it's, it's changed views at different times, right? I don't know that they would hit the same way um, as, you know, if I went today, if that makes sense. But something about the, the magical moment of, you know, uh, being at the right place at the, at the right time. I took a, a trip, um, a solo trip to Greece that was pretty spectacular, and um, went to go to a writing conference on the tiny island of Patmos, um, six hours on a, a boat outside of Athens. Um, you can almost see Turkey. And we arrived in the middle of the night at about 2.30 in the morning um, to the port there in Patmos, tiny island, no stoplights, um, Greek Orthodox priests on scooters and um, just like nothing I'd ever been to before. And, uh, and they deposited us into our hotels in the middle of the night and um, waking up that first morning and opening, you know, a double set of shutters uh, to see the Aegean Sea. And oh, boy, it was so hot. Um, and, you know, doing, doing that alone uh, as, a, as a female traveler was pretty remarkable. Throwing my luggage, trusting that I would throw my luggage into these great, these great big metal bins at the base of the ferry. And that, you know, when I would come back to get them six hours later, that, that my luggage would be there. There were no people around. There were no tags to be had for, you know, identifying your luggage <laughs> before or after to pick it up. And um, so a lot of faith in, in humanity and, um, and again, not speaking the languages. And anyways, it was, it was a remarkable trip. So for me, I would say my 2019 trip to China <laughs> was right before the pandemic hit. Uh, I was so just surprised, pleasantly surprised, and just in awe of all the sites. So I spent 10 days and I traveled to like six different cities, Beijing, Sanjo, Hujo, a bunch of other cities. And for me, it was climbing up the Great Wall of China um, and recording a podcast episode at the top. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I could always go back and listen to my excitement, uh, the tips that we had to share and relive that. So th I think that's what makes podcasting so special is that I can be having an experience and I can bring my audience along for the ride. And it's just incredible. So China would be for me and climbing the Great Wall of China. 
I was just recently, uh, I was just recently catching that episode, Danielle. I lived in China for eight years, so those two, those two episodes, your summary one and your Great Wall, were just, yeah, favorites right off the bat for me. Thank you, thank you. For for me, it it was it was that first month living full time on the road. Um, we we went from Chicago. We lived in Chicago for sixteen years. We went straight south. Um, uh, into the southern states, into Alabama and Louisiana, and then then across Texas and into New Mexico. And over that time, I was I quickly, really, really quickly learned a lot about how this country, um, uh, the 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 national narrative um, is it has almost a, a minuscule relationship to how things work and are managed on a community level. Um, you know, we're doing that in the middle of the time where this country is, you know, going through a, a big racial reckoning. Um, there, there's lots of gun violence um, incidents and uh, the Me Too movement, all that sort of stuff. And, and hitting some of these towns where, you recognize the name of the town and you don't realize until you've been there for a while that the reason you recognize it is that there was a major school shooting there um, a few months ago Um, or having all your, you know, your stuck up liberal friends from Chicago saying that they would never visit some of these States in the South. When you realize that when you're down there, like the, the people that, those people are meaning to care about when they say that they live there. And, and these communities are people that live and work there and what, you know, you can't ignore any place. And, and I learned so quickly that, that there are, that there are so many ways. It sounds so corny and, and um, that we're alike um, everywhere in this country and that, that we, that we all uh, misjudge each other uh, in an extreme way. I still hear from people all the time. I'm in Chicago right now. I just got into Chicago a, a few days ago and I hear from people around the country that are, that want to talk to me about how dangerous it is. And they think that mm. I'm do- dodging bullets up here all the time. And I'm like, this is one of the the greatest cities in the world. And, um, and, and even down to things like people have missed, people don't understand people. A guy one time said to me that, um, uh, he didn't realize that we had air conditioners in Chicago. <laughs> you know, there, there's just all sorts of misconceptions that people have about other places. And uh, I, I don't know, I think of that first month on the road really just opened my eyes to that quite a bit. That's so true. Travel can, can really open our eyes to so many things. Um, so we have this great expert panel here. So with all your different experiences, I wanted to ask if you could share some tips or guidance, uh, maybe on one hand for people that haven't really traveled a lot and want to get out there, but don't really know how to go about it. Uh, and then maybe on the other hand, even for seasoned travelers, uh, I know you might have some tips as well. Travel tips. Hmm. There's so much to, I mean, there's so, I'm not sure exactly where to start. There's so much for travel tips. What actually, one thing that I love, what that I can share that does feel like a tip. So it's called trip case. And this is more, I think, um, I think I have another Virgo on the panel here. Um, Daniela, I'm pretty sure that maybe you already know about this even. So um, we use it for everything once you've booked any sort of travel. So, I mean, this is this is way more like nuts and bolts and not very, I don't know, charming or sexy even. But, um, you know, to, to track all your travel, I think for a lot of people, that's one of the things that's, that's you know, once you get over the financial uh, implications of travel and choosing a place and, and packing and all that kind of stuff. Um, then you have just the logistics of keeping everything in one place. Uh, anyways, it's called Tripcase, and we use it for for flights, for cars, for for everything. We use it for our whole family because um, I now have 
uh, kids in their 20s who are also traveling. So we follow their trips um, and it tracks for everything from late late uh, landings, uh, any kind of flight changes, statuses, anyways, and it can keep everything in one place. So I know that's not a very, I don't know, romantic travel suggestion, but it's a practical one. And for me, once the practical parts of things are sort of taken care of, then I can more easily relax. So I would say if you're planning a road trip, not an RV trip or anything like that, but like just a road trip, make sure you know how far your (laughs) destination is away because Mm -hmm. I am like, just hop in the car and go and then I don't plan it out well and I get to that destination later than expected and all the restaurants are closed. Mm. So I know it's a chore to do, but really plan out your logistics and especially plan out what you're going to eat when you arrive. Because sometimes, especially if you're going to more rural destinations across the country, a lot of places close especially on Sundays. So that to me would be my just one tip. And then the second tip I would say would be to find something about planning for travel that you can gamify and find joy in and then zero in on that. So of course there are plenty of different areas when it comes to travel planning. But for me, I found a lot of joy with finding cheap flights. So I make it a game and it doesn't feel like work or it doesn't feel cumbersome because I, it's really, really fun. Um, so find something in your travel plans that is fun, that you can gamify. And for me, I love like laughing with my husband and everyone else on the flight who paid a gazillion dollars. I'm like, I, I, I found this for like half the price or less than half. It's fun for me. So those are my two tips. Most of the advice I'm giving people lately is about visiting national parks. Everybody wants to visit national parks right now. And the national parks are having their biggest year ever. And uh, the, the advice that I'm constantly giving is, is twofold. One is slow the heck down. Yeah. Um, people, you know, they have two weeks and they want to they want to go to Arizona, to the Grand Canyon, up through Utah, visit all five of the Utah parks, get up to Yellowstone, get up to Glacier, and then make it back to their home in New Orleans in, in, in two weeks. And you're just, you spend the entire time driving. So, and I, I mean, I, I'm always telling people I will spend two weeks in one national park or, um, you know, a couple that are in an area and, and having the same experience. And I know I know people save up for years and they don't take vacations every year and they, they want, they've always dreamed of like that big road trip experience, but it it is so worth it to just slow down and take your time. Um, And the, the other big thing is to, to go off the beaten path. I mean, the, the word national park is a meaningless word. It's a imaginary boundary that we've put on some of these places. And, um, a lot of, uh, in particular, a lot of our national monuments and um, wildlife preserves and, and, and state parks are every just as wonderful as places like Yellowstone and Yosemite. And they just don't have the name cachet attached to them. And you can go to some of these places that are uh, every bit as wonderful and experience them with a, a 20th of the people there and just have a wonderful time out in nature. So uh, really, there are a heck of a lot of great places to go that don't have the crowds of something like Zion National Park. Oh, one last thought for all the pre-planning that you do. um, Boy, write that out or print it out because inevitably, I cannot tell you how many times I've been at an airport or stuck somewhere at a, trying to check in with somebody and they can't find any of their confirmation information. So again, I know it's not very romantic, but um, I print out all of that in advance and I stick it in a waterproof uh, travel bag because I've also traveled with people before and how, ha- you know, they've had like wine bottles explode and it gets all over everything. And anyway, so I have my well-protected 
documentation in case my phone goes down or Wi-Fi doesn't work or data won't work because it's too remote. Oh, I also want to just piggyback off and say that one thing that I learned during the pandemic when I was traveling a bit is that Google is not always the most trusted source. <laughs> it's it's actually pretty outdated these days. So the best thing to do when you are planning is have loose plans. Don't be attached to things because they may or may not be open and Google may, may not be correct. So pick up the phone and call and ask, hey, are you open? Hey, are you this or hey, are you that? Because that will just save you a lot of heartache uh, when you get there. Thank you. That's uh, that's uh, very important. Those practical tips <laughs> are quite important. And I think uh, if if someone hasn't traveled before, maybe they're concerned about uh, you know some of these logistics and and or and or maybe the financial aspects of travel. Do you have any words of advice for somebody that's listening, thinking this is very inspirational, but I'm I'm I still have some fears around it. How can they? I could, I could, uh, I could, I would say, um, it, it's scary. The, the idea of being flexible sometimes and not having everything planned out and you can still be a heavy planner. Um, but being flexible, it not only can just give you opportunities for a more enjoyable vacation, um, but it can make things much, much more affordable. There are so many last minute deals in every segment of travel. And um, you often some of the best deals are places that don't have websites and uh, you have to call, you know, some of the, the small motels and the campgrounds and um, the, the places that you, you can't go on to hotels.com and book that that kind of stuff can lead you to. Uh, a really interesting locations, but, but it can also be a, a much more affordable way to travel sometimes if you have the stomach for it. And then I wanted to share the solo travel perspective, because I know that is, that comes up a lot, is if you're uncomfortable with planning this huge adventure then plan to go to a nearby city for the day alone. Eat at a restaurant alone. Go to the movies alone in your local area. So this will help you to get more comfortable with being solo and operating and finding you know, logistics and doing all that thing, all the things like that. So um, I think pretending by going, you know, doing smaller things really helps you to build up the confidence to, to go on a bigger trip. Yeah, I agree with Danielle. I think that for, for many people, especially when it's related to, to travel fear, you know, tiny steps are important. And, um, and for me, the planning is as much fun, sometimes even more fun than the trips. Um, you know, so whether that's listening to podcasts like ours, you know, that can take you all around the world or um, reading travel books, things like that. Um, especially now there's so much, um, you know, online to be able to explore. And there are, there are lots of reasons not to travel. Fear, hopefully, is not one of them. So finding, finding what it is that you need to, to be able to move through the fear and still do it um, seems valuable and important. And I love what Kelly mentioned, like when I would be nervous about traveling someplace, I usually like look online, especially Pinterest for other travelers who I could identify mm -hmm. with or who relate to me and see what types of experiences they've had, right? So read blogs um, from, of course, locals because you get a different perspective, but also travelers too, because they can share the outside perspective and they'll be able to tackle some of the fears that you had and also some of the things that will surprise you. Um, like Jason had mentioned earlier, there's a lot of like false information about destinations that gets you nervous and scared, uh, but you will uncover the truth online as well. Yeah. 
Thank you. That's wonderful. Yeah, it's uh, can be uh, scary at first, but those those baby steps are important and it's so rewarding. Uh, so I would be really really curious if you could each share um, maybe one of your one or more of your favorite episodes of your show um, that was one of your favorites to create or a story um, that really exemplifies the spirit of traveling to you. I can Wait, go first. Yeah, yeah, I can go first. Why don't you go? That's an easy one. So I go on a lot of other shows, other travel podcasts, and a lot of times they ask me, like, how did you become this financially savvy traveler? And I just stepped back this season. I'm like, I never really shared my origin story on my own show. So let's change that. <laughs> so I, on this season, I have an episode titled How I Became a Financially Savvy Traveler, which is super raw and super vulnerable. Some may even say that I overshared, but I think it was important for me to set the stage to share like how this came to be, my thought processes, how I've overcame challenges, how I move past them and how I use creativity to afford to travel and build wealth. So that's definitely my favorite episode. And a lot of my listeners definitely relate to it. Um, so it's one of the ones I recommend listening to. Um, I guess I could go. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, um, it, so this, the way see America works is we're, our stories are like 10 to 15 minute, um, scripted stories about individual destinations, uh, across the country. Most of them, you know, we've been to a lot of them, but some of them are not places we've, we've been and we're, it's sort of like part of our research process of going to a place is, uh, is actually writing a, an episode, uh, on it, um, but one of my favorite episodes and one of my favorite places that I've uh, ever been uh, in, in the U.S. is this place called the American Banjo Museum in uh, Oklahoma City. And uh, why I love it so much is I would never have a reason to step foot in a banjo museum. I'm not, you know, I'm not a banjo player. I'm not, it's not really my style of music or anything like that. Um, but we were invited to visit and, uh, and we did in it. And uh, I was obsessed by the history of this, this instrument that is um, a, it's the first real American instruments um, and still one of the only truly American instruments, um, but invented by uh, primarily by enslaved people. And, it just has this rich history of of development and creation and now if you go go to this museum like the the backs of these banjos are carved by these master carvers and they take years to do it and and stuff like that and i don't know i th there's just something about um going to a place like that that you didn't expect to go to that you don't that you don't plan on visiting that becomes uh becomes amazing in one of your favorite places so that i don't know that's one of my favorite episodes jason i love that and i'm gonna have to go listen to that episode and i play i took up the banjo during the pandemic so and i'm close to Oklahoma. awesome so now i've got definitely something that's going to go on my list um uh so thanks for that uh for me you know it's hard to pick for because it's we're sharing different people's stories every week it feels a little uh peculiar to choose one favorite one. Um, but we did, we, we, uh, we did one for Father's Day um, by an author, uh, Naomi Malati Bishop. And, um, you know, so in honor of Father's Day, you know, we traveled around the world with her. Uh, her story is called Stolen Plane Tickets. And her dad um, was given a book of plane tickets um, back in, in Oakland by some Black Panthers. And he traveled with his model girlfriend um, 
uh, around the world and where he then saw her mother, um, obviously before she was born, uh, who was a, a, a princess and um, I believe a Malaysian princess. Anyways, and so um, just a fascinating story of adventure and travel and, and you know, recent, but also of um, days gone by, you know, you can't quite travel in that way anymore. And so you could just sort of taste the, um, the adventure. And then she was honoring him um, with his last wishes to be, to have his ashes spread um, around the world. So it's super moving uh, and, and honoring on Father's Day. That was a fun episode. We all have a lot of listening to do <laughs> to inspire <laughs> our future travels here. And I wondered, uh, as we wrap up, too, if you each could share. So each of your shows in different ways um, make travel more accessible to you know your specific audience, whether it's through sharing all these diverse stories um, that the women tell or you know through the financial savvy uh, and, and financial tips of it. Um, and through the experience with all the great American destinations. So just maybe some final words of inspiration uh, for people or any particular sort of accessibility um, tips for you know, people to start getting into travel if they, if they haven't or to do more of it. I'd say don't be afraid to start small. So... When I first started saving for travel, I started off with $25 per pay period because that's all I could afford at the time. I was heavily in student loan debt and I was trying to get out of it. But I knew that the point of saving for travel was to build a habit, to learn how to miss that money and use that money towards doing the things and having the experiences I truly wanted in life. So I never laugh at a small amount saved because that small amount will land you to wherever you want to go. Yeah. I, I think piggybacking off of that, like if, if, if travel is something that you want to do, you have to make it a priority. And I, I think that um, mm. for me, uh, rest, relaxation, sleep, travel, all those sorts of things that rejuvenate us as humans are extremely important. And, um, and they're more important than maybe a lot of things, you know? So for us, it, it, the, one of the ways that we paid to make this happen in the first place was by downsizing and, um, and paying less attention to the things that we thought we needed that we really didn't. And, um, you know, not not that I, I I feel like I should dictate the way anybody should run their lives, but but you you know, I think a big way that you can um, make a shift into a, a life that is more experiential is by stepping back and looking at what is important to you and what isn't, and what are you doing just because it's what society does. It's what your parents did. It's what, you know, you know, do you need as big of a house as you have all that sort of stuff? If you want it, if you want to live through more experiences than things. And I, I think it's a really worthwhile way to live. Yeah. I couldn't agree more, even though I'm still sort of stuck on the banjo thing a second ago. <laughs> um, you know, and our, our podcast music actually is banjo. So I'm, I'm not kidding. We got a lot of banjo around us. Um, and you know, and it, we're, we're in a lucky place in time right now. There's, you know, these podcasts, there's so many podcasts and opportunities, um, to really enjoy a no footprint of travel, you know, no cost, very little or no cost. Um, no, no impact to, you know, the, the, the planet in terms of emissions. I mean, you, you can go, uh, you know, around the world all day long, every day in the comfort of your, of your home or, you know, on your way to work. And so to take advantage of that, that it really is risk-free and, um, and hopefully then they inspire you to, in the way that you're comfortable and you're able to then, um, you know, reach out into the world and, and, and discover more and uh, travel more. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, everyone. We've had a full hour of, of travel inspiration.
Thank you. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So this is Norma Jean here from the Podbean team. And I believe we do have a giveaway. Um, we have a tote bag from Kelly and the There She Goes podcast. So um, just really quickly for everybody here on the live stream, um, whoever comments first, um, the let's say the country um, where Kelly is getting her dual citizenship and that she's hopefully heading to in October. Probably nice. that country here. <laughs> and then you'll first one in uh, wins the tote bag. Yep. So SSM Buildings, congratulations. You are our winner. Um, Ronnie from our team here will drop their email. So we'll connect you with Kelly to get that tote bag. So congratulations. Perfect. And uh, I'm super jealous. I love a tote bag. Nick, you can never have enough. We can work something out, Norma Jean. Um, Thanks for your help. Thank you again to everyone for joining us. I'm going to read our brief outro. So thank Oh, thanks, Kelly. I will be wearing that tote bag in style. <laughs> Farmer's Market. Here I come. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining this live stream panel, Life on the Road, Stories of Travel, with Jason Epperson of Sea America, Danielle Desir of The Thought Card, and Kelly Chappie of There She Goes. If you joined late or want to have another listen to these amazing podcasters or any of today's sessions, you can replay the program on the Storytelling Podcast Week channel. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 500,000 podcasts. And as you're joining us for this session, you can see we also offer the ability to live stream directly from the app to your audience with Podbean Live, where podcasts come to life. For everyone listening, you can also start your own live stream for free on Podbean. And if you want to get podcasting to get your first 30 days of hosting for free, use the code STORY. Thank you again to our panelists and storytellers, Jason Epperson of Sea America, Danielle Desir of The Thought Card, and Kelly Chappie of There She Goes. Thank, thanks to everyone who's joined us for this session, Life on the Road, Stories of Travel. Stay tuned for tomorrow with live episodes from Why It Matters and the Council on F and the Hidden People hidden in plain sight for their live behind the scenes episode of this audio drama at 5 p.m. And be sure to check back every day for more phenomenal programming as we have panels, live episodes, interviews, and more. We look forward to you joining us. Thanks again, everyone.